So, hey, real quick before Josh rolls in, question. Are you are you fired up? I mean, listen, I know I know you you're season ticket holder, RIP. But I mean, your Mavs are moving on, dude. Um, and that was amazing last night. That was such an enjoyable game as a Maverick fan. I, 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 Toby and I talked about it last week. Like I had a really hard time locking in this year, even as good as they've been. But Phoenix came around, and it locked me in immediately. I don't know what it is about Phoenix. They drive me nuts. They always have, going way back to same Dan Marley and them. I don't know same. what it is about Phoenix. Same. So Don't know why. And, Can't and stand them. I never, you know, I thought Dallas could beat them. I would have picked Phoenix in a Game 7 at home with the experience they have from last year building off of it, Dallas being a young team. But it wouldn't have surprised me if Dallas won. But the way that they just, I mean, 10 minutes into that game, they, they, had, they had them rolling over. I mean, they were, they were done. And uh, the thing that surprises me is how shocked people ask when, act when Chris Paul gets bounced. He always gets bounced in Game Seven. Yeah, he's yeah. not successful in the playoffs. It's it's, it's not good. One of the problems with him. <laughs> so no, I was thrilled. Like, uh, give me give me that all night long. <laughs> the way that thing played out. So weirdly, oddly, maybe for me, I've some, somehow ended up in a world where I have either a lot of Phoenix Suns followers, like fans, right? Or I follow. Somehow, I'm constantly seeing it in my timeline. And, and maybe it's the NBA guys I follow, and they just fall in love with the Suns, and that's all they tweet about. But, I, I mean, I honestly, if I were a gambling man, I would have lost so much money because the way those people were talking, oh, this was set up for a, a, a route in Phoenix, and this franchise is headed in a direction that is going to be hard to stop, and they get, they're they down by 42 at one point yeah. last night. Uh, 45 at one point. Uh, yeah, I think it was Darren Ravel tweeted out that I think like 81% of the money came in on Phoenix as the six-point favorite. So there was a lot of people losing yeah. money last night. Yeah, well, so congrats. No, nobody expected that. That that was an incredible performance. And what, what got me, too, is I don't even remember who the reserve came in. They were down 44, and he hit a three and then held up the three fingers for Phoenix. And I'm like, dude, you're in a game seven <laughs> down 44. Don't hold up the three fingers when you hit a three-pointer at that point in the game. Come on. Like, that that really bugged me. It, it got me. Now, now, again, we got softball to get to. And and there's tons from the selection show last night. I've got um, Coach Gasso with Holly Rowe. I thought it was really good. I, I like how Oklahoma's draw landed. I'm intrigued by a couple of things, as I am every year. I've, I've reached out to Eric Lopez to join us on the show today. So we're going to get to that. We've got, I mean, a, a, a boatload of reaction for the Big 12 Championship Series. And, I mean, TJ, well, that was monster from OU Baseball this weekend, what they did against West Virginia. Yeah. Monster. For me, it, it they don't have to worry about anything going right. forward. So even if things don't go well at in Lubbock this weekend, I, I think they're they're all right. They did it. They did what they needed to do this weekend. They won the series. And now it's just you can you can improve your seating and you can be right there sure. and uh, you know be playing for something here now uh, this coming weekend. So I didn't expect Tech to go to Stillwater either and sweep Oklahoma State the way that they did. And so things have gotten really interesting and tight in that conference right now with OU tied at third with Oklahoma State. So we got all that to get to. We got all that to get to. But I got to circle back to what you were talking about real quick with the Suns last night. We started on Fox Sports Radio. Debating whether or not it was the worst Game 7 performance in sports. I got a, a couple of games we'll mention. Worst Game 7 performance in sports. 
Then, the more we thought about it, that might have been one of the worst playoff performances in the history. Regardless of games? Right! In the history of sports. I mean, TJ, they're on their home court. They're the number one seed. They've won 60 games plus. They've got everyone. I mean, there's no injuries they can point to. I mean, if, if it was Golden State, you had an injury. Same with Memphis. There's nothing they could point to. And they were down by, what'd you say, at one point, 44? I, I think it got to 44, 45 I think you're right. at one point. So it was it was a garbage performance. And Dallas completely shut them down defensively and then just would not miss. And when you saw that graphic go up after the first, when it was Luka 27 points, <laughs> the Suns 27 points, or after the first half, I guess I should say, um, yeah, it, it was not their night. It, they kept mentioning the uh, series where Dallas was the one seed and got beat by Golden State. Even that series or that game, Avery Johnson got completely in his own head and completely, from a 65-win team, revamped his entire lineup. Completely changed the starting lineup. In the postseason. In the postseason. <laughs> played, uh, played a completely different lineup against Golden State and could not figure out why it wasn't working. And it was like, oh my gosh, you... You completely shifted your entire lineup. Phoenix didn't do that last night. I mean, they went with their regular rotation, and it's still – they were just getting hammered. So, mm. it was a terrible performance. Gosh. And I love to see it. I, I just love to see what it. it. I know. It gets back to the original point. Gosh, Phoenix Suns fans. Brr. You found a spot to be the burr in my backside. So, last night was very, very awesome. Very awesome. And it's always, like, one person that can turn you off on a whole fan base. Like, w- one person. You see someone that's like, oh, ain't nobody stopping us. Next thing you know, it's every single time, and they'll, they're like the hash. They'll use the hash. Family, like, okay, I hate this team because of this person. And I think that's what's happened with Phoenix and me and social media. Uh, OU's been on the end of those games, like with USC and that right. championship game. And stuff. The shots of crowds like that, oh. when it doesn't affect you, when it's not your team. Oh, my gosh. That one, there was like an old lady sleeping on her husband's shoulder. At one point in the third quarter, and like the just the complete shock on the faces of Phoenix fans was was tremendous. But you know, um, and, and again, we like I said, I see the general booty jokes already rolling in. I get it. We'll get to it. All. <laughs> we get Josh rolling in here in a bit. Um, but I, I gotta tell you, man, what had my attention after softball on Saturday wasn't wasn't basketball, and it didn't have my attention on Sunday either. It was it was hockey. It was hot. I'm up watching your That's stars last night. Hockey? I'm watching the stars. Um, Mark Desher, you know, it's interesting. At OU Photo Guy is a big hockey guy. And I am somebody who jumped off a hockey bandwagon, and then all of a sudden the team got good again, and I was like, Ugh. I don't feel like I can jump back on this now. But, I mean, you're talking game sevens that deliver. Uh, my... My point in bringing it up is not not to scare everyone away. Don't, I'm not going to talk hockey for for three hours today. Don't don't you go running away. But I, I guess maybe more than anything else, it got me thinking. You know, hockey's not like on the tail of the NBA. Hockey ratings aren't necessarily they're looking up at baseball. So I I, I understand it, but is something like what happened over this weekend? A potential catapult for the sports 
uh, kind of a trampoline for it or no? Am I reading way too much into this? You're reading way too much uh-huh. into it. <laughs> hey, I can accept if I've drummed up a theory that might not have any substance to it. But come on. I mean, it delivered in its game sevens. The NBA did not. Now I can't put everything on that. That sounds like a first take argument. Oh, my gosh. This is what happens when first take is on in the studio. Ladies and gentlemen, hockey is catching up to the NBA because for one weekend, hockey had better games. It's the downfall of the NBA. I can just see that debate now. Is the NBA in trouble with these blowouts? But for me, for me, Saturday night, I'm all in on the Kings-Oilers game. In fact, I was all in on the Kings-Oilers on both Thursday and – oh, that was Friday night. I'm sorry. No, no, it was Saturday. Saturday night. I'm watching the Rangers. I'm watching the Maple Leafs. Uh, I watched last night Calgary. What are you doing with your life, Chris? Come on. It was. It had me. It hooked me. Yeah, and, and listen, I'm going to tell you right now. Honest moment, all right? When it's not OU, right, and it might be an NBA playoff game, if it's not, if it doesn't have me by the end of the first quarter, it's like, ugh, it's on the DVR right now. Well, yeah, I'm with you on okay. that. Yeah, so, yeah. So yeah. my point is. Right, I'm not. I'm easy to turn away. I couldn't turn away from hockey, and I want and I tried to, and I wanted to. Like I was suddenly. I I think at one point I told my I got a Kings jersey. Where's my Kings jersey at? Sucked me in this weekend, man. I uh I got sucked in on that original Stars run. You know, late oh, so 90s, really early 2000s. Back. Was that it? Yeah, and I I mean I'm talking limos to Stanley Cup games. Then you party with Pantera, uh, or was that something else? That was something else. Okay. At Pantera. That was at their club. But um, Madonna and a few of the other guys, I got to know they came into my Blockbuster store. So I got – Darian Hatcher was a guy that was always in there that I would talk to and stuff. So I got locked in on him, and then immediately I was back out. I was back out <laughs> Done. <of hockey. laughs> Done. So in other words, if I'm pulling up and I'm trying to sell you this this topic, if this used car, TJ, what is it going to take for you to get in on these hockey playoffs with me? It's going to be a hard I'm gonna have to have a hard pass on that one. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not buying right. Do you have now, any right? other gently used cars I can look at today? <laughs> All right. Um, do you, you want to just roll here? Or do you want me to hit a break? Because I'm good either way. We, I've heard from the man. He is on his okay, way. Okay, good. So, yeah, well, yeah. I, and Josh, it's a Monday, man. It's a it's crazy out there. Dogs and cats. Last week is school. People just not paying. People tapping out of the drop off line. TJ, listen. You guys stay focused till the end of the year. We've got two weeks to go in Norman. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Two full weeks. People cramming on their brakes, swerving in and out. Hey, four more days of focus. Let's go. But, um, oh, and my son graduates this week, so everything else is a little bit frazzled in my mind right now. Gosh, you and Toby, you guys are so old. I know. (laughs) Tell me about it. Someone sent me a picture this weekend from the last time, when it was the PGA Championship last in Tulsa, it was Tigers last win. Someone sent me a picture of me with them. At that event, I was like, my gosh, that's oh, like... I saw that picture. You were like a baby. I know. Yeah. I think that was only like five years ago. See, this is what happens when you have kids. Don't do it. You got to drive through the drive through A lot of people are cramming on their brakes. Um, but in, in, anyhow, all madness aside, I am so juiced up for this week. So I mean, this is what you... Wait for all season long. This is what you count down to. This is what whenever I'm calling TJ and it's, you know, 11 o'clock on a 
Wednesday, I'm like, okay, dude, we're delayed. You might need to have Josh do the show on Thursday. Everything that you go through, it, it, I mean, it's right. It can, it can it's this journey. Mess. Yeah, and and now you're at the end of this journey, and it's so exciting, and then it's nerve wracking too because you don't want it to end. You want to see a team make a run, especially a team that has a shot at history. So I'm. This is this is one of my favorite weeks of the year, and my and and again, I know, I, I get it. There's there's some that are always going to try to compete baseball with softball, and you can't be both. We've proven you can do that here. And suddenly you've got drama with with Jordy. You know yes. about you know even if the arm yes. is sore and tired, you've got some drama. You got there drama. There. Yeah. And, and in fact, I I was j- just one quick takeaway. Then we'll break and and then bring Josh in and, and just go all in on this. The unknown nature of Jordy's injury. I'm I'm, I'm in that group, but the unknown nature of it. I was I was genuinely surprised and happy to see that no one tried to panic and say anything like, well, if they if Jordy isn't even a hundred percent, then they're not that good. Well, I shouldn't say that good. They're not number one. I was right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was glad to see that didn't happen. Because and I, again, when you first kind of hear about an injury to Jordy Ball. I would like to believe that in my heart, my first reaction was, man, I, I really hope she's okay. But I know that quickly thereafter it was, oh, no, I wonder if, you know, this could be something that caused them in seeding. Right. right. Exactly. Very, very greedy way to look at it on my part. Very greedy. But we've no, seen it happen I think that's before. the first thing that uh, comes to mind. And it, we've seen it happen before. And we've seen them get some questionable draws before. So definitely that was running through people's minds on Saturday evening and, and into Sunday. I, I don't know why. And and maybe it's because I uh, I talked to Cootie too much, but I didn't want any part of Nebraska here. And some of the early projections had Missouri here. Now I think Oklahoma is going to get out of its regional, but it's just you would like to do it in three. You would like to get out in three. Don't have to worry about playing that that fourth game and facing the elimination of your season. Get out in three. Um, and I th- I think Nebraska has the kind of bats to where they could push you a little bit. I think, you know, Missouri was rumored to be a team that was coming here. Our buddy Joey over at OUinsider.com had Missouri going here for the longest time, and then they made their run to the SEC Finals, and they ended up hosting their own regional. They got Texas coming there. Um, Is that right? I think so. I'm trying to do it all off the top of my head. But I was – I was, I get it. A&M's a good team out of the SEC, and you get a middle-of-the-road SEC team uh, as opposed to a – I guess you could say a high-level non-power league or, or ACC team. So I was pretty happy – or AAC team, excuse me. So I was pretty happy with their draw. Um, and, and even with their super regional draw, too. Though UCF is really good. Um, so is Michigan, if they come out of it. But I'm glad with the unknown nature of, of what's going no on with Jordy Ball. In, yeah. I was I was really happy to see that. And I don't really know if – listen, if – if UCLA or, gosh, who else would you consider? Alabama, Virginia Tech, Florida State. If they were like right on the heels of Oklahoma all season long, then maybe. Maybe. But, I mean, no one really was. And from that, and I get it. Now we get into the postseason. That margin of, of difference is almost eliminated. But I, I'm absolutely positively overjoyed that it didn't end up shuffling up the rankings too much. 
And they get a tough regional anyway every year. And they always get a tough super they, they, regional. They always do, yeah. Because people view it Built as a home game. Right. Yeah. And I know no one would ever admit to it, but you know, you know you do it. But yeah, I love the draw. All right, we'll guy we'll dive into the whole tournament next. Uh TJ, getting to kick off the show with my guy TJ Perry. Josh will join us coming up right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Wanna play a game real quick? Good morning. Let's What's play up, again. dude? What's up? How was your weekend? It was good. Good. Obviously, a little bit of an indication of how yours was, but aside from softball, how was it? Good. Good. It was great. I had a good weekend. My mother-in-law came in town. Awesome. <laughs> and uh, Oh, it was a big rodeo weekend. Spent some time in Shawnee. Shawnee, Oklahoma. In fact, I had to do three trips to Shawnee this weekend. Three, Josh Helmer. And every single time I turned down Raider legend Darian Gordon Drive, I kind of had a little smile on my face. But yeah, I was really. I grew up in in college. We had a, a buddy of ours, Sigma Chi Dave Glasgow. Let's go, who was from Shawnee. So we would always hear about Darian Gordon. And lo and behold, that's where I was this weekend. And oh, by the way, and realistically, shout out and honestly to Casey and Brian Vineyard. Uh, they they helped. To sponsor the event, my daughter, I guess I should say, very homeristic. It was, um, it was like a natural connection. Barrel racing, home sooner fans, dad's girl, come on, let's go, our show. But no, in all seriousness, it was a cool weekend. Very long award ceremony, Josh. Very long, really, really long. We're there for a minute. It's long. Sounds fun though. But it was good. It was good. It was a good weekend. So I want to play a game with you real quick. Uh, it's called you want to you want to guess how old I am, because literally I just spent the whole commercial break. Steelman's on the task now, uh, trying to enlarge the tournament bracket so I can <laughs> have a quick a quick view of it here in the Brown O'Haver Studios. Now one might say, "Well, just grab your reading glasses." No, no, no. Technology is here to where it. It can adapt to my needs. So, yeah, um, I'm trying to print out a bigger bracket. But what were your thoughts last night? I know you were watching. I know you were into it. What stood out? Well, like we discussed before the Big 12 tournament and saw it play out that way last night, Oklahoma's work was done as the number one overall seed. So nothing that happened in the Big 12 tournament was going to change that. And – even though Oklahoma didn't win the Big 12 tournament, look, Oklahoma's the number one overall seed. How dangerous do you feel A&M and Minnesota are? Yeah, they're pretty good teams. You know, I I tend to hold what I've seen of you against you when you play the Sooners probably too much. And when Minnesota came in here, they look terrible. So maybe I held that against them. Too much this season. And I was I was trying to figure it out. There were two games this year for uh, Texas A&M that I found myself all in on where I could just sit and watch the whole game. And I think I think they lost both of them. So I'm I'm really judging McJudgerson. I'd much rather see A&M than – I'm sorry. I'd much rather see Minnesota than A&M. But, oh, I know what it was. Um, they lost two games early this year to Oklahoma State. That's what it was. So, yeah, I'm holding it against a team from – play they are excuse me some games they played in February unfair 
But yeah, I I don't mind Oklahoma's withdrawal at all. I I thought it was good. Didn't you? Yeah, I think okay. it looks good. And then get matched up uh, with UCF as the 16. How do you feel about that? Pretty good? Well, we um, that's what I was going to do during the break when I couldn't enlarge the bracket on the printer. Um, Eric Lopez is the play-by-play guy for UCF. That's his, that's his main softball gig outside of um, Fast Pitch News. So I reached out to him. Pretty good, man. It's a good team. When you're a non power five school and you put yourself in position to host and by by host i will try to mansplain some things this week i guess just because i'm grateful for new fans that are checking out softball and we talk about it a lot on this show in case you can't tell so i'm not going to be one of those guys that's like well you adapt or get out of here fastest growth no no, I, i want everyone to love this sport and if if you guys listen to me a decade ago in Tulsa, and you hear me now, I think you understand how passionate I am about this and how truly it's changed my perspective on a lot of things in sports. It's like, this is good. And at all 64 teams that made it. And it's a good week. This is a fun week. This is an amazing stretch. It's one of the biggest championships um, in sport. Well, in college sports. And a lot of eyes will be on it, including Mahomes this weekend. More on that later. But so every so often I'll stop. I'll stop down the show. If Josh gets tired of it, he'll tell me. And I'll just say, hey, here's why this is. I know you guys might not follow softball all the time. Oklahoma's really good. Oklahoma State's really good. Just won their first Big 12 championship. Big 12's not a great softball league, but it's a challenge. And you're going to the SEC, which is right now the best conference in softball, although the ACC might have something to say about it this year. I, I I want you guys to love this sport. And I want you to understand that it can be a February to June thing where you come off football and you're down. You've got basketball at the bridge, and then all of a sudden softball's here. It's not that long, dark offseason before football comes back. you got a great sport to follow. So, yeah. Sorry, not sorry, but that'll happen quite a bit on this show. But 1 through 16, you host. You get three teams, including yourself, that come to your place. You sleep in your bed, you prep how you prep, you've got a chance to advance to the Super Regionals. The top eight seeds, if they work their way through, top eight national seeds, Super Regional hosts. Now we've seen over the last few years where a Super Regional host might get beat, might get knocked out, and then suddenly if you're in that 9-16 to range and you move on, you can host. I think we saw it last year. So that's... When we talk about the importance of the top 16, that's why. With that said, when a non-power league school cracks kind of that barrier, that's a big deal. And I was really happy. UCF is a good team. And I was really happy to see them get placed where they were. There had been some debate, Josh, if that uh, 16, if it was going to end up being Texas or them, there was, um, I, I guess, maybe even a little bit of a, uh, of a debate that, you know, an Auburn could sneak up there. Maybe even a – well, Florida was thinking top eight. But I, I was really pumped to see UCF get it. And it's going to be a heck of a challenge. I, I'm that kind of guy who's already looked ahead in the bracket to that first game in the College World Series. I just want to make that very clear. 
That's kind of where my mindset is. June 2nd. How about a first-round game in the Women's College World Series between like Oklahoma and Arizona State, or if LSU gets through, or if Northwestern gets through? Pfft, let's go. But got to win the games to get there. And UCF, with that said, if they get out of their bracket, is no pushover. I'll tell you what, though, Michigan's been playing pretty good ball recently. Michigan's been playing well. So it would not surprise me at all. If if Michigan came out of that, I guess you could say regional. Listen, I'm just I'm sitting here and, and meandering about with college softball talk. Was there anything else that caught your eye from the 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 draw? Maybe what Oklahoma State got. Maybe I didn't have any problem with the top eight. In fact, I think most of the bracketologists, like including Joey, I think they nailed the top sixteen national seeds. I think everyone else was pretty hip to it. So there wasn't too many issues, and I don't think the seeding was too off either. So I don't know if this is, and this is what I can ask Eric, I don't know if this is bracketologist getting a better feel for what the committee does or if the committee's actually getting better, and I think it might be the latter. Though they really host Utah. Or if the committee has gathered access to some of these bracketologists out there <laughs> yeah, just taking a peek at what these folks are doing. What do you guys have? I don't want to have to do too much work in here. What, what Eric Lopez have? Yeah, just copy that and go with it. I don't want to dive into this. No, I, I, I kid. They, they probably are getting better at it, which is good. That, that should happen naturally with the sport. The sport gets bigger, more attention. The way you put this bracket together, the time, the energy, you should get better at it. And, yeah, it doesn't seem like there's a ton of complaints with this uh, bracket of 64 that they've put out there. You, you know, mentioned it, UCF, the – the lone non-Power 5 hosting. It's awesome. It doesn't happen that often. And, and you know what? Here's another part of it that is kind of nerdy, too. It, you got to have the facility to do it. I mean, you've, you've got to have a place where you can host three other teams. And you have access to space for extra locker rooms if necessary. I mean, it's, it's not easy to host. It's got to be a stressful week. For Nat Davis and the crew. But kudos to UCF. They pulled it off. Good for them. It's so funny you mentioned, though. It, it, I had flashbacks to us being very passionate a couple of years ago when the selection process hosed Minnesota. Remember 2017, Oklahoma oh, yeah. was not a national seed. Um, our top eight seed, excuse me. It just – there's been some wild things, you know, that have happened with the selection committee where we vehemently disagree. But I'm – I'm hoping these are signs that they're getting better. I really do. All right, 405 if you want to jump in. When we come back, we'll play a little Patty Gasso after the, um, after the announcement was made that OU would be the number one overall seed. She does provide an update on Jordy Ball as well. I saw that we've got uh, a little bit more buzz on the NFL schedule to get to, including a very unique scheduling barrier for the Chicago Bears. So that's coming up. And Game 7s were dud in the NBA. They were fantastic in the NHL. Though I know nobody really gets too fired up about hockey. We'll dive into it all coming up. Old School Way, Law Offices of Rod Polson, Oklahoma Tax Resolution Line, 405-329-9000. New School Way, Air Comfort Solutions, text line 6513439. Patty Gasso, post-field announcement yesterday, coming up next. 
Good stuff. Good stuff on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. What's going on? Are people still fighting over that? Joshua's checking on the social media site, Twitter.com, to see what the buzz about Texas was. What happened with Texas? Oh, okay. Thank you. We haven't talked about this, have we? Well, I know that Mike White had the incident at the Big 12 tournament. Was there something that was drawing plenty of reaction last night when Texas was announced? So I guess they no-sold it. It's wrestling term. Maybe some of you get it. Ultimate Warrior, apparently very guilty of that. But, in other words, when when they were announced, they didn't necessarily do the Washington thing. Remember last year where Washington got up and walked out? But they just they, – they, they didn't show a lot of juice, so people were all over them about it. Yeah, I got, I got fooled last night. I got fooled. I'm so mad. Now, again, big moment is always if you get the invite to the announcement, right? That's a big deal. Didn't get it. Wasn't bitter. But, no, the funny part was I'm sitting there at when it, when it is it's 5 o'clock our time when they're announcing it, right? Dude, I had set an alarm. I did just, hey, make sure regardless of what you're doing, if you're running, if you're walking, whatever you're doing, go get and watch this or follow it on Twitter, whatever. And I, I guess I set for the wrong time and literally missed all the announcement of Oklahoma and, and them getting in the tournament. So I went back through. Dug it, jumped on a couple of uh, Twitter spaces last night, uh, and then called this audio for you of Patty Gasso talking about wire to wire with Holly Rowe after the field was announced and the challenge that this team has faced all year. Well, first, I'd say I'm extremely proud. It's a hard place to live. Any team that's lived up there and tried to stay number one knows what I'm talking about. So a lot of pressure comes along with it, but at the same time, it's been such a pleasure. Um, and there they are in my living room. Quite a pleasure to work with this group and very excited about uh, this next part of our season, which is uh, where memories are built. It is. You know, you're in an intriguing part because you've just had two losses all year, but one of them comes in your final game of the, the championship. How did you process that loss and move forward to be ready to play at your best now in the NCAA tournament? Oh, it's, it's not a problem for us at all. I mean, we usually come back better and uh, more prepared as we go forward after a loss. So it doesn't, doesn't shake us much at all. Um, we're just, we know what we're playing for now, and it's uh, to win a national championship like every other team in the tournament. So that's where our focus is and where our goal is. Jocelyn Allo, such a huge part of your program, of your batting order. And, you know, they always say pressure is a privilege. How can she perform at her best when all the eyes are on her and all the pressure is on those shoulders? You know, I was talking to the team the other day, and I said that we want to be built differently. And I think of Jocelyn Allo as being built differently. She appreciates pressure. She handles it wonderfully. She knows it's part of the game. Uh, she helps this team become better, shares all of our information with the team. And uh, she's the home run hitter, home run queen. And I think we'll remain that in that place for quite a long time. So uh, I, I'm going to savor these last few weeks with her because she is uh, 
one of the best hitters I've ever seen. And every time she comes to the plate, I just can't wait for it. I wanted to get a health update. Jordy Ball has been your uh, one of your key aces all season long in this circle. You rested her this weekend, said she had some arm soreness. What will her status be for the NCAA tournament? You know, we're optimistic. We're just going to take it day by day and see how, how we're going along. We're not going to press anything. First and foremost is the health of Jordy and making sure that we're not doing anything to um, interrupt her career. That's first and foremost. So we're going to wait, hear from the doctors, see how Jordy's feeling, get her working with the team, and we'll take it, we'll take it from there. But I'm really proud of this pitching staff, and um, we'll handle whatever comes our way, and our pitching staff knows how to do it. So after the game, Josh, I, was, I got a very mean tweet from someone. Very mean tweet. And... I was laughing about it because it literally said, you are the most negative person. I'm like, like, did you just like join this broadcast midway through this post-game show? I, have you not been here for the last seven years? I'm on fire for this team. But if you can't, and I think Patty Gasso just talked about the challenge there. Josh, you've got to be able to have tough conversations. At this time of the year, and when, when you lose one of your arms, and an arm that was a top, was a finalist for top ten players of the year, I mean that's gonna hurt. That's gonna sting, and you got to step up. And I, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, "Hey, you know, can't have six walks." I mean, is there a moment in the seventh inning where? You get your leadoff hitter aboard and you think this is game over, sure. But a base is loaded walk. I mean, it, it's inc- and a couple of walks to put yourself in that predicament. So that didn't lose in the game, but you, you have to be able to say that, right? I mean, it was and, – and Jen Rocha knows it and Patty Gasso knows it and JT Gasso knows it. You're not pointing a finger at any one person or a unit on the team – you basically have the confidence to say, hey, that's got to be better. And no, that person says, you bet. You're absolutely right it does. There's not a, oh, how dare you question what I've done. Look at this. Thing. No, no, no. It's, let's go. We got to get better. Stay with this radio show, Josh. That's and right. our broadcast. When we say it's got to be better, we don't be like, forget you. We're like, let's go. Let's get better. But <laughs> they no, do. They, they do. They don't point fingers. So when, when someone's getting mad at me, and like, oh, what, how dare you say? Well, I'm, first of all, I'm just reading a stat that I'm from the game. And secondly, I mean, I, I'm sure Coach Gasso is probably still trying to figure out in frustration the throw by Jana Johns because that's a play they practice a bazillion times. And in that moment, it's just, it's not me. Rundowns, right? Ah, but you pull your hair out. So you don't just point to one walk. You just don't point to one at bat. You lose as a team. And I'm a firm believer they'll be better for this. Firm believer. Collectively, Oklahoma needs to be better. It's not just Hope Troutwine and Nicole May, though. Hey, trust that defense, right? I mean, come on. Don't, don't get to the point to where you walk in a game-winning run, which lesson learned, but uh, – They've got to be better inside the circle. And Oklahoma, 
now if Jordy Ball, at least temporarily and perhaps, you know, depending upon how things play out, if she's if Jordy Ball's out of the picture, then you're going to step up. Yeah, offensively, you've got to be able to play more than three runs on a regular occasion. And this offense is capable of doing that this weekend versus Oklahoma State, though, they couldn't. So just collectively, you recalibrate and across the board, I think yeah, you got to be better. Yeah, I, I, um, I talked to my most trusted source last night, Josh, and my reaction to him or, or her was, by the way, that it just said the Packers and Jair Alexander have agreed to a four-year, $84 million contract. When I first set, read that, I thought it said the Raiders, and, I, and I'm literally in fight or flight right now. Ah! Ah! But I, I, I talk to my most trusted conversationalist when it comes to softball, and he or she said, they're going to be fine. And not even knowing – what the long-term status is of Jordy, just knowing, as Patty said there, it's or Coach Gasso said there, it's in the hands of the team doctors. They have an incredibly talented athletic trainer in Mara Kennedy, incredibly talented. And she's going to be doing everything she can. They're, they're going to be fighting and scratching and clawing to see if she can get to a place where she can help them. But even if she can't, you're not in the Women's College World Series last year without a freshman named Nicole May. And Hope Troutwine has shown that she kind of has that it to her when needed to be. 14 strikeouts in the game Friday was incredible. But here we go. Off to the postseason, and we'll keep our fingers crossed that, you know, Jordy's going to be all right. But even if she's not, I'm not panicking. I mean, I thought they – you know, outside the walks, I thought they pitched well enough where they could have won that game on Saturday. I really do. They've got enough to win the national championship minus Jordy. Which is wildly awesome. But, look, if if she's not around, obviously it's more difficult. Got to throw strikes. All right. Um. Hey, listen, it was a big weekend over at Mitchell Park. Play little Skip Johnson coming up right here on the Plank Show. Why do I even – I'm sorry. It's like these meetings are best done on the air. I apologize. Sitting here pointing and I, – I, I don't have the vocal ability to just scream around the door right now. True okay to kick off hour or two with us? Yes, okay. I would imagine so. Um, Sound good, True? <laughs> Burley Boomer is my hype guy this morning. Even though he still tagged me into this – Twitter conversation. Isn't there a way Ugh. you can oh! shut off notifications from something you've gotten tagged in? So you can, but I feel like there's more than one click and I'm too lazy and inevitably someone will say something and I'll start a reply and I stop and I delete it. It's been a lot of those in the drafts over the last few months. Uh, but Burley writes, Plank, you're the best and I'm glad you got thick skin because when people are upset and miserable, they look for someone to dump on. Have a great day, you and Josh. There's part of me that when Burley tweets that, I'm like, man, that really means a lot. And then because of, of how my mind is so messed up, I'm like, wait, see, see is people dumping on me somewhere? What, what's he talking about? What, what do you mean? Do I need to go click on a link on Facebook right now? Fight some people? What are you talking Have about? Have a great day yourself, Burley. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm trying to figure out, what, what does he mean, dump? 
I this he's he's just two, talking about the tweet. You I don't know, dude. You were talking you about. Cannot confirm that. Though the second tweet that came that was well, mad that's at true. Me, I, I can't confirm that. The second tweet that was mad at me was uh, like first name, bunch of numbers afterwards, no profile pic. Which again, I'll take all the smoke from someone who puts their name on it. I I can wear that. I finally had a tapped out fighting with some dude because, I mean, literally, I've never seen a dude try to flex on someone over how he keeps score. I've never been more embarrassed for a human being in the history of the internet in my life. But okay, bud. Um, but yeah, this dude's like, if I was Patty, I'd fire you on the spot. And I think of his six tweets, like five of them are to me, and the other one was something about Ronald Reagan. But I just, (laughs) I think I'm joking, but I just, I'm like, you know, it'd be fun to retweet this and say, glad you're not Patty. But then I don't want to give him that extra dose of attention that he deserves or wants. And then I'm also, Josh, I'm, I'm of that mindset where, all right, be mad. Tweet that at me. Don't tweet it at the girls. Yeah, I, I mean, say that, that to me. Good, I guess say that to me. I can take it. Don't be going on social media and going after those that, that team. I, I can I can take your bullets. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm burled in a corner, or crawled in a corner. So, what was this guy stay. mad about? Just that you had mentioned that they're going to want to try and play better. Yeah, DJ and I were talking about the pitching and how the pitching need to get better. I, I I blocked. I just was like, listen, I I know you're upset. We're all mad right now. But I'm going to go ahead and walk away from this one before I lose my job. I would imagine Hope Troutwine and Nicole May would say that they want to pitch better. So everyone would. Uh, uh, wow. Look at us. That's how we're one. How about that? All right. When we come back, get your calls. 405-329-9000. It's the Plank Show. How close did I cut that? I'm sorry. I was talking with Trev. Welcome back into the Plank Show right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. We appreciate you from border to border and coast to coast. Tulsa, I'm coming your way on Wednesday. Um, and speaking of Tulsa, we're going to have updates from our man Matt Reynolds on all things PGA Championship this Yeah, week. he's already down at Southern Hills. He's rolling. Courtesy, by the way, of Elite Roofing Systems. Really makes me miss being in Tulsa because one of the coolest things to cover is a major golf championship. I am I am very jealous of all my Tulsa brethren right now, knowing full well that even if I was there, I would have had you know, maybe some baseball responsibilities. But I'm just – I'm in awe. So, Matt, look forward to it. Matt Reynolds, live from Southern Hills. So the Phil thing kind of – was that over the weekend or did that happen on Friday? Did I dream that? It happened on Friday. It was – Like right after we left. Okay. Is this – okay. Can we have – you know how I joke about we do a show where it's like, hey, on – and I think we're going to do it Tuesday, so there's going to be short warning because Eric Lopez is joining us tomorrow at 11. So if you're wanting to get into – I feel like this is – I feel like I'm at church and I'm trying to invite someone to a church group. If you really want to get into it and you want to want to get fired up, join our small group. But if you are a softball fan who latches on for the postseason, no problem. Welcome. Appreciate you. If you are somebody that just found it and is wanting to learn more, join Josh and I tomorrow in the 11 o'clock hour. 
where we will take you through the season that was for not just OU, but college softball. And then, I don't. I heard you, can you, is this real? Can you gamble on college softball now? Did I see someone at odds on the World Series out there? That's not right, is it? I would imagine, yeah, you can. Really? I would hope so. <laughs> no. No. But we'll, we'll spend some time catching everyone up on uh, Tuesday's show. Does that sound like a deal to you? Love it. So much like we have that with softball, Josh, I may need you to give me that with Phil Mickelson and kind of what's been going on. Because I feel like I get bits and pieces, but I haven't been able to truly put it all together. And between OU softball, NBA playoffs, NFL schedule release, there's only like a certain part of my brain to compartmentalize things. And I don't think there was enough space for the Phil Mickelson story. So you saw the comments that Alan Shipnuck released from his unauthorized biography that's coming out on Mickelson, right? Where he was talking about, yeah, they've got a horrible track record on human rights over in Saudi, but this is this is good for the game of golf, and they're they're scary mother, you know, uh, mother bleepers, but yeah. th- th- this is good for golf, and on and on. Okay, so that quote came out, and of course, Phil Mickelson's been one of the outspoken proponents of this Live Golf League, this new rival, the Saudis. Yeah, the the Live Golf League. Can I say that? Yeah, powered by the Saudis. Okay, thank you. (laughs) Because you looked at me for a moment. I was like, oh, did I just get canceled? So, anyways, the PGA Tour has not taken kindly to their players potentially going to play in this league. They aren't letting them. So, Mickelson would be part of a group of players that signed up for a release, asked for a release from the PGA Tour to play in some of these live golf events, their inaugural event I think is coming up in June, and basically everybody's been denied, and it's been, you know, Phil Mickelson has basically turned into the public punching bag over this gotcha. deal, and now he's withdrawn from is the PGA it, Championship. So then to connect one more dot on that, to mansplain this to me, Josh Helmer, is that heat why he's not coming here? Because he doesn't want to – answer the questions or was he told hey bro make it your decision but you're not playing in this event even if you are the defending champ great question is that the unknown great question I, a lot of people feel like he doesn't want to oh what time's matt coming on 10 50 yeah it, it, and mm. he's a great person to ask about all of this he's got some pretty fiery takes on the live golf league and phil really? mickelson oh yeah Sure, we don't want to do that like 11. There's some that feel like he doesn't want to face the music, and that's part of it. Others have felt like the reason he missed the Masters was a quote unquote private ban from the PGA Tour or gotcha. suspension. Gotcha. Nobody knows, though. Feel like I've learned up. Thanks, Josh. Matt Reynolds live from the PGA Championship in Tulsa coming up in just a bit. I see you on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405 651 3439. We'll get to it. But first. Let's get True Sooner in here. He's been patient. He's waited. What's up, True? How was your weekend? What is happening, guys? It was it was it was pretty good, except uh, obviously for the obvious, you know. But uh, I was going to tell you, you know, these guys that come after you on Twitter, I mean, it might it, or whatever social media. I mean, I've been around for half a century now, and and you know, th- this is about them, not you. So, right? I, mean, I, you know I, I, I want to 
I'm not trying to jump in. Listen, I really appreciate it, True. I know that if it came down to it and someone came after me with the bat, True would be behind me with a broken bottle ready to go. That's um, right. That's but right. I, that's part of the reason why I don't like to bring it up because I'm not out there looking for sympathy. No, I know. Right. And, and, I, and I feel like you see some guys that do that, not, not anyone that works here, but some, definitely some people I work with at the network. Like, they won't tweet or, or talk about anything, but if someone tells them how much they, they stink and how terrible they are, they'll retweet it, and they're looking for a little positivity to be told how great they are. That's why I don't like to bring it up, because I don't care about that. Focus is on the team. Um, unless you want to hate someone, then hate me. That, I, I, it, it's okay. So you don't have to. Well, there's plenty. Well, no, but there's but, – but you and – I mean, you, your show with Josh, you guys are the nice guys of sports radio. I mean, if they want to fight somebody – there's plenty of guys to fight. Go fight Ted. <laughs> I mean, you can battle all day and and won't get a word in edgewise. So, you know, if they want to, if they want to fight with somebody or try to, and, and and as far as the softball stuff, I mean, we're lucky to have. I think we're lucky to have the access because of your uh, you and Josh's show. You know that, you know, you're just not going to get it anywhere else. But anyway, what I what I called about was what's concerning. And listen to Patty Gasso because here we are, we're fans, and we do that. We we listen and we we tear apart every little thing, and we listen, try to read between the lines. It's a little concerning when she says stuff like, "We don't want to interrupt her career." I did catch that, and I'm, this is more than soreness. Um, there's there's obviously more to it than that. I'm hoping that. Uh, I'm hoping that rest, you know, she'll be ready. I think they can get through this weekend. It'll be tougher next weekend, but it'll be really, really a lot tougher. I tell you what's as, what's as concerning to me as the Jordy Ball injury is our bats. I mean, how many OU players? How, how many girls were retired in a row against Iowa State Saturday yeah, or Friday? Yeah. Plank is digging I, through his. I want. I want you. Don notes. King right now would be so proud of me because. I, I, I'm keeping everything true. I've done it, but right. I don't have an organized system to it. We're seven years running on this. There's piles of papers in my office if you guys want to go sort through them. But you're right. Um, go back to the – oh, my gosh. I, I actually had a score sheet that didn't have a backside to it, so I had to put two together on Saturday. Let's just go back to the championship game. I mean, true, you're looking at a situation where, you know, they – did not have the leadoff batter on, but one time, two times, all game long. That's it, twice. Right, right. Um, and that's, and in one of those innings, they scored. So they can't go one, two, three in the first, and you got to set a tone. That's always kind of been my thought. Uh, I'll find the number from Friday night, but man, the the Iowa State pitcher, 12. yeah, the Iowa State yeah. pitcher really had them on their heels. She did a really nice job against them. So for me, that's as every bit as concerning uh, just because you're like, hey, you know, we should be able to win these games giving up three or four runs. You know, I mean, I, Ooh, I know you is. usually don't. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm listening to you. No, I'm just like, I'm, to me, that these bats, I mean, I, I, you know, there's a reason why the ERA is under one. I mean, they should, they, you know, what what do you think the odds are that Jordy comes back? Oh. If you I, had to put odds on it. Sure, I appreciate your phone call. Um, All right, man. We'll see you, man. See you. Odds. Now, are we want percentages here, or I'm better at percentages. I don't think it's a high percentage. Just 
reading the tea leaves out there. I will say this. And I think Oklahoma needs to approach it as if, as if she's not coming back. I will say this. When I'm dead and gone, or maybe even when this season is over, I'm just going to open up my DMs and my Facebook messages to everyone to see so you can see how in-depth the sleuthing has gone by Sooner fans into that. And I think True, True just took it to another level, Josh, because he's even kind of dissecting what Patty said in her post or in that conversation with Holly Rowe. I think, though, in defense of, of coach and good sleuthing, good investigative work, I think that's the mindset anytime they're they're looking at something with a pitcher, especially young and, and their arm. And, yes, I know I don't need softball guy getting in here and, and letting me know about how he coached his daughter so he knows everything. But, yes, I understand that it's more natural on your arm. I get it, but it's you can still get injured. I mean, G. Warris had to overcome an injury, and you are putting some some torque, some torque on that arm. So I, I I wouldn't read too much into that. Though, I'm not into percentages. But Jordy Ball's unlike anything I've ever seen in a freshman in my life. I mean, if you if you walk next to her, you would think you're walking next to an adult. And she's a freshman, a true freshman. She is, um, and I'm not just saying this to try to hype her up to let you down. She is structured, baby. 5 a.m. She's got her studies out and she's working. At, she is in the gym after that. She is a freak in the gym. I mean, she is a workout maniac. And then she's working. She's grinding. Feeling herself, fueling herself, eating, you know, doing all the things. Everything is, it's structured. And, I mean, I've, I've heard Ted tell the story, so I don't think he'll mind me sharing it. But ask Ted. Ask Ted what he saw whenever he saw her working out one time. Literally, he saw her working out in a gym and went up and was like, who are you? Where do you play? <laughs> like, knew right away. Right, that, that she was. So. An athlete. I give all those, you know, hopefully not creepy um, disclaimers to basically say, I'm not going to count her out of anything. Sure. And I'm sure she she wants to be out there in the circle. If she can, she will. Yeah, I'm not counting her out of anything, except maybe pitching against McNeese State or Prairie View, I'm sorry, uh, in the opener. Is it too low if I say one out of three chance? What is it? Is that 33? Or is that too high? 33% 33% chance. 30 Now when are okay. For the Can, for the Women's College World Series. Okay, okay. So back. oh 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 for the Women's College World Series? I mean, I I wouldn't be afraid to put that in the in the 90s. Okay, so you're pretty confident she'll be if back we're before talking this thing's over. By the Women's College World Series. Yeah, and, and I don't think we'll see her before then. She's I mean, there's people that you know when you see them as athletes, right? You, you see how they conduct themselves. You see how they handle themselves. You know they're operating on a different plane for their sport. You know, I, I think of some of the guys I've seen here over the last few years. When you watched Kyler Murray, you know you're like, okay, this, this dude's special athletically. You just knew. When you were, I mean, a guy that always jumps to mind for me was – and, and, again, I didn't see him a lot early, was Mark Andrews. When you saw Mark Andrews, you're like, okay, 
that dude's playing in the league. You just know there's a different level. When you watch Jordy Ball, it's a different level. And I'm not going to counter out of anything, except for maybe starting on Friday. <laughs> right, yeah. That, it doesn't <laughs> I, like that's I don't think you'll have to worry about that. But, yeah, it's, it's going to be – I know we've got five or six – Text messages already asking about it, and I know it's going to be consistent this year. I mean, I'm going to get probably guaranteed, Josh, a, a, an email or a DM asking where's Mackenzie Donahue at some point this week too because I usually get one or two a week. We'll see. We'll see how she recovers. I love the regional. Love it. I think it's a great draw for Oklahoma. All right, do you want to get Bill in here real quick? I'm t- yeah, why not? Do you you know? want to, I'm sure Bill wants to talk some general booty. What's going on, Bill? How are you? No, I was. Uh, I think they can get by without Jordy this weekend. Bill, who did, are you calling to talk softball with me? Well, I'm a softball fan. I just like football. All time. right. Oh well, this fires me up. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Say, Oklahoma wins, and who would they probably put in the super regional with OU? Who would be your guess? Ah, here, good, good, good question that we can clarify. The bracket's already set up to where you're going to face the winner of the UCF regional. So there's no reseeding or anything of that nature. So what you're seeing then on that bottom part of the bracket is, oh, I had it pulled up right here in front of me. UCF, they're the 16th seed, which means they're the last hosting spot. Villanova, South Dakota State, and Michigan. And Michigan's Michigan, the two. Michigan's been playing some good ball They lately. have been. They have been. They could be a problem. So there's no guarantee that USCF, We'll get through their region. No, nope. I don't think so. No, I mean I would favor them, but Michigan's certainly capable of going and winning that regional. Let me ask if Jordan. Hopefully, Jordy can come back, but say she cannot. Mm-hmm. Who are some of the young pitchers we might see besides Troutwine and Nicole May? Or is there any? I think you just nailed it. I think that if this team's going to win a World Series. It's on the shoulders of, of, of Trout, Wine, and May. You know, I, I, I just I don't, think there's, I don't think there's anyone else coming. Um, I don't know if, you know, Macy McAdoo, I love her to death. She's a great person. she got to throw strikes, and she hasn't been able to do that. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you experiment with her late in the game if you're rolling on, on, on Friday. I don't know. But, no, it's, it's Trout, Wine, and, and, and Nicole May. Nothing against those two. That from what I've seen, they just make me a little bit nervous. Well, I, I think, and Bill, Bill, I appreciate your phone call. I think right. that that's what's happened when you've seen such dominance in Jordy Ball. I mean, look at the numbers for Hope. Her ERA is still under one on the season, and she, she's pitched in some big games. Yeah, we can't overreact too much to yeah. one loss versus a an Oklahoma State team that's – one of the national eight seeds. And you can you can sit and look at yourself and just al- almost in frustration at the little mistakes that were made that don't happen. It'd be like me driving to work and just steering my car into that ravine on Highway 9. Just it's, It just doesn't happen. <laughs> I think the interesting thing that – to watch now is going to be pretty crude reference, but I mean, just that's how freakish some of the mistakes they made were. I think the interesting thing to watch going forward here, 
Hope Trout wine. Okay, go time. You are at least temporarily, you're the ace here, and Oklahoma needs you to be the ace. She's been great all season long, but how will she handle stepping into the limelight of okay, there? You know, you're not number two on the depth chart right now. You're not the Saturday option. You're number one, number one, number one. So, Oklahoma, this team needs you to deliver that type of performance now that you enter the postseason with Jordy dealing with the ailments that she's got going on. And for Nicole May, if you felt like you were the number three on this staff, okay, well, even if you're not trotting out there first, Oklahoma needs – they need that Nicole May from last year's Super Regional. She was really good. I I, I don't want to – pile on anymore but sometimes there's moments where I don't know if she looks 100% Mars keeping busy over there in the athletic training office I think but yeah I'm a I'm not afraid to put it on either one of those women to lead OU to the women's college world series they can do it and again the offense time to crank it up let's go I, I wonder a little bit and this is not to take anything away from Oklahoma State who Deserves Be all- careful. They they own the state now, Josh. So you might want to worry about the things that you're about to say because the owners of this state uh, and, and the ones who run it, apparently, are, are listening. So be careful in what you say. After winning one of four? Okay. Right. Yeah. Well, they deserve their flowers for beating Oklahoma. They do. They won their Big, Ten, uh, Big 12 tournament championship fair and square. But, you know, sometimes – like, obviously OU wants to win, but the fact that probably they had the number one overall seed cinched up. Yeah. Well, and I also – I'll tell you this much, too. Unpopular opinion. I love OU's draw. I think Oklahoma State got a better regional. They – I mean, uh, from the perspective of teams that you should roll, I mean, North Texas, I love what Rodney's done, but, I mean, they're not, they're not it. And Nebraska can't pitch. So, I mean, I would I would have taken my chances on that, but you're going to get an A and M Minnesota team that's going to be very very capable. Oh, looky here! All right, quick break. We are right on time. Has TJ walked by the door yet? Okay. <laughs> Ten twenty three on the playing show. When we come back, all right. Uh, I owe you a Skip Johnson. We'll get to it next. We got an update with Matt Reynolds live from the PGA Championship at Southern Hills. It's coming up in what, about 20 minutes from now? And I, He's following Tiger today? Yeah, I didn't want to totally spoil the party, but I was oh, going to spoil the party and say, yeah, he's following Tiger Woods right now. That's my How understanding. Cool that? Jealous meter is off the charts right now. Yeah, man, good for Matt. He's, you uh, mean he couldn't come in here and run the show and just send you up there? Well, no, he could not, wow. and <laughs> we, we tried. <laughs> but uh, I get I'm going out there this weekend. So, are you really? Oh yeah, I'll be there Saturday and Sunday. Hydrate. It's it, you'll love it. You've been out to Southern Hills before, right? No, really. So I'm I'm fired okay. up. I can't wait. I don't know which way they'll take you in, and I don't know if it's open. But at some point, I want to go up there and just. Take the and and I don't again. I don't think it's a major when there, there's a major championship. I think it's the way. I think it's the way the players go in. 
But that drive from the security office up the winding hill up that uh, beautiful clock tower that you see and you kind of, at least I think there's a clock on it, driving to the parking lot. Remember the hit that happened there back in the day? I mean, it's awesome. It is just an awesome setting. I'm so glad that, so glad a major championship is back and that you get to go. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. This is the, this will be the first ever professional golf tournament that I've been to. You got to find a way to check out the media get up too. I mean, they, the, the, at least from my memory, the PGA and the U.S. Open, they did us right. I mean, their setup was immaculate whenever we went out there. In Incredible. the media center? Oh, yeah. It was unreal. Uh, and I'm sure it's it's evolved even since we've been out there. But yeah, I'm pumped. I'm I'm pumped for you, man. I'm I'm jealous because this will be the first one that I've ever missed in Tulsa. Dang it, that sucks. But it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. I guess I could go. No, no, we got a game on Sunday. Don't even try to talk yourself into it. It ain't happening. But PGA Championship updates coming up right here on the wrap. Okay, I promise some skip. It's already ten thirty one. So let's get a quick break, and then we'll get to it. But first, Clock Tower. Thank you. I knew I was right. Um, Air Comfort Solutions text line has been popping, popping this morning. And, um, gosh, I'll start here. Tiari uh, 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 Jennings was up after Riley Boone in the seventh, and Boone was going to beat out a good throw. I was shocked we didn't hit and run. Dude, we, are we in this? I mean, are we doing this now with softball? Let's go. We're second-guessing the GOAT on a Monday morning? Oh, this sport has truly evolved. I mean, I think when you look back at that seventh inning and knowing that you had the hit by Jana Johns with two out in the sixth, but at that point, you know, the, the Sooners were kind of stuck. Coleman had struck out after Jossie's home run. Lions had grounded out to second, had a couple of flyouts. And actually, I, I think I said Jana got a hit. I think she she may have walked. No, no, she didn't walk because it didn't draw a walk yesterday. She got a hit. My bad. My bad. And then when Hanson strikes out, you realize, oh, okay, well, maybe that killed some momentum. But after, after the seventh for OSU, and you had a couple fantastic defensive plays in the seventh by Oklahoma. I mean, you get your leadoff hitter aboard on a bang-bang play at first. Jennings, Allo, and Coleman are supposed to end that game, right? So, didn't happen. But in the end, I think Oklahoma is better for this. And Oklahoma State is too. Right? I mean, think about the confidence they have now going into the postseason. They've pitched for weeks without having what some would view their 1A in Miranda Elish. But Morgan Day has stepped up and said, we're good. We're good. And, and she's been fantastic. And they did probably need a win f- for their sake over a team like Oklahoma or Florida State. They couldn't crack the code against either of those two, though they swept mm. Texas and did some other really nice things. The type of springboard for them heading into the postseason that, okay, yeah, we can play with and beat. Right. And Oklahoma, huge, huge, huge. for them. Everyone is commenting on Texas's reaction to the regional destination. Did Mike White flip off the camera again? 
Yeah, I think I misspoke earlier. They're on their way to Washington. And Gabby Plain's dealing over the last few weeks. So their season's over. It's yeah, they got they got a break last year. They got rocked this year. And I don't know if they deserved better. Yeah, I I, I don't know if they did. You could be upset, but they weren't one of the top sixteen teams. Would would mm. you agree? Agreed. Agreed. For the nine one eight, did you think the fact that UCF is coming to the Big Twelve helped them in hosting? No, I think it helped them in hosting that they were hands down the best team in their conference in a top fifteen, top twenty team all season long. I don't I don't even know if that factors in at all. I, I understand the perspective, but I mean they didn't they weren't competing in the Big Twelve this year. I think what helped them more than anything else is that also in their league they they had two teams that everyone viewed as pretty incredible. And a lot of a lot of people throughout the season really liked Wichita State, including me. You know, if Wichita State had a pitcher, look out. And, you know, obviously South Florida had one of the best pitchers in college softball this year. So you had two really good teams in that league. So yeah, I don't think it had much to do with that. Uh Fort Cobb Sooner. Ball four will get you beat against a good team. Agreed. Uh, and then one more from the 405. Please forgive me, but I'll ask, is our ace, Jordy Ball, out for the season? It's a very direct question. How am I supposed to answer that? Here's a direct answer. Season. I don't know. <laughs> season's still progressing. Um, we don't think so. Can I tell you what I – no, she's not. She's not. So I would ease those concerns. But you got to you got to get some wins to get her back. Is how I would put it. Well, in the meantime, in my humble, but hey, you know what? The girl's superhuman. We could walk out there on Friday, and she could be in the bullpen warming up. She's a freak athlete. So whatever soreness, tenderness, whatever coach said in the post game on Friday, whatever it is, kids, you, Adrian Peterson healed from a an ACL in what like three months. There are superhuman things that happen, and I'm not saying she had an ACL injury. Don't say that. But just even whenever you might be down and you might think something is impossible, wild things happen. She's capable. So we'll dive into it. <laughs> and pick Bad Wolf. Hold up. Jordy Ball is a freshman? <laughs> yeah, dude, not just a freshman. It's your freshman. The way uh, you're talking has alleviated at least a few of my concerns, but – Sean also chiming in. FSU is experienced with better pitching. Sands Jordy Ball. I think OU could muscle their way through offensively, but we haven't hit that well, save for the Kansas series in the last three weekends. Hmm. So, I, you know, it's hard to necessarily disagree with that. Would you say OU is still the favorite minus Jordy Ball? Yeah, I think so. You know, and Blaine, our buddy Blaine Brown, actually hit me up on Twitter and. What am I saying on Twitter? He texted me. Hold on here. Um, he sent me the updated odds. And the updated Women's College World Series odds has OU at minus 160. The next best uh, choice is plus 600. Florida State plus Florida 600? State, yeah. And I think that was updated. And I think Blaine sent this to me a couple of times. That is wild. Yeah, Oklahoma's uh, minus 160. Florida State is plus 600. UCLA is plus 600. Alabama is plus 900. Plus a thousand, 
So what is that? 10, 10 to 1? 100 to 1? Plus 1,000? Um, math has never been my my strong suit. 10 to 1. 10 to 1, thank you. Did I try to say 1,000 to 1? No, 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 I said 100 to 1. Whew. Really scared myself there for a second. Uh, plus 1,000 for Vodtac. Oklahoma State, 1,600. Clemson, 4,000. I was saying. But, yeah. They're still hands down the favorite. And I don't know when those are updated or not. Yes, there's odds on college softball. I Here think it's are. quite a bit closer if I would I would agree. I would have Oklahoma as my favorite. But to me it's quite a bit closer if Jordy Ball is not involved. Though it sounds like just what I'm gathering from you. I'm not negative. Um if Oklahoma gets to the women's college world series. I think we're seeing Jordy Ball, so that, that makes me feel better. All right, quick break. Uh, when we come back, all right, let's get this Skip Johnson post-game plus. We'll get you ready for our top five stories today right here on The Plank Show. Glad you reminded me. The old uh, the, the podcast guest list is growing. So locked on? Locked on sooner. When, when will it drop so the people will know? Wednesday, Thursday? Wednesday morning. Ah, cool. The like the that. YouTube will probably, yeah. Well, John's on va- John's on vacation. <laughs> probably going to drop on Wednesday. <laughs> John reached out to me about something this weekend, and I didn't reach back. So, John, I'm sorry, but thank you. I had to do so after the show was done Friday. We had our game. I sat in the press box for a little bit, and I wanted to go back through the Regents' rundown, and I still just kept coming back to. I don't. That is a lot to read. But I do uh, want to give a big thank you to the, I think it was Ryan and Eric's, Ryan Aber, Eric Bailey of the world. John Hoover did this too, where they kind of, like, they um, bullet pointed it for you. <laughs> like, oh, okay. But it's exciting times right now at OU, man. Women's tennis moving on to the Elite Eight. Softball postseason. Future up in the SEC. And baseball is rolling. Skip Johnson. After the game, someone's like, finally playing. It took you long enough. But Skip Johnson, after the game, um, I think it was it was a Blake Brewster he was down on the field with. Here we go. It was really good. I mean, uh, uh, offense came alive when the bullpen wasn't, you know, it was kind of uh, down a little bit, and I thought it was really good. Trevin came in, did a great job. I thought that, you know, playing Cade as uh, third base maybe the day before might have got him a little tired with the heat and whatnot, but uh, it was good to come back and uh, really play offense. Yeah, the offense was rolling today. Small ball all over the place. How do you like Reggie Willis and how he's dialing it up this this time of year? Well, that's good. I mean, he's got them believing in what the process is and, and staying in the process. And, and that's that's really the separation more than anything is they believe in each other, and that's what's awesome. Great crowd we had today, huh, Skip? Can we keep this up? Yeah, it was really good. I had a lot of kids here and uh, uh, really good to see. So I listen to the ref a lot. I really do. Whenever I'm driving around, I, I listen. And I was listening when I was driving. My daughter, as a matter of fact, Josh, has a tradition that once she gets out of the car, she'll put the station back on 94.7 for me. Not knowing that I've had my AirPod in and have been listening the whole way anyway, but I'm not here to judge my parenting right now. And I heard TJ and Toby talking on Friday whenever I was driving out to USA Softball Hall of Fame Stadium about, you know, if Texas Tech happens to sweep Oklahoma State, a lot of stuff comes back into play. And now, all of a sudden, dude, you're looking at four teams under a blanket 
at the top of the table in the Big 12 right now. How about that? You take a series from West Virginia. You take a series from TCU. And, I mean, suddenly you're you're moving up in the RPI. So what, Oklahoma State's at 12 right now in the RPI? Or is, is that updated? Yes, this is updated. Okay. So Oklahoma's at 12. What Are the Sooners in the top 25 yet? No. Ah. And it's the dumbest thing. They actually dropped three spots from this weekend. Don't care. Don't care. I think that they're – I'm going to say it. They're in. Not only are they in, but I think they're putting themselves in a hosting conversation. Am I crazy? No, I don't think you're crazy at all. They they need to – they probably need to win the Big 12 tournament. Sure. To give themselves that opportunity. Oh, okay, okay. So you're less optimistic than even I. You're telling me to woe up. Knowing, too, now that they're going to Lubbock, who suddenly is playing good ball in Texas Tech. If they win out, I, th- I think they got to – Legit chance to host, yes. But I don't think that they can – I don't know that they can lose any of these remaining and host. They need that RPI to to really tick up into the the 20s, right, or maybe even a little bit higher than that. And I don't know if you can get to that point unless you go beat – unless you sweep Texas Tech on the road, beat Wichita State, and then win the Big 12 tournament. Mm. Fun weekend, man. Can I also give a shout-out shout to the fans? It's a great crowd on Sunday. Good times. So, Oklahoma State – or, excuse me, someone was texting. I don't know issue. Um, Oklahoma has Wichita State tomorrow night, and then they're off to Lubbock for the Thursday, Friday, Saturday series finale. Oh, my gosh. I would love – I would love to see them put themselves in a position – or they could host a regional. Whoa. I'm sorry. I've got the NFL Network on, and I'm kind of shook by this conversation and the answer. Which player, without a ring, do you have the highest expectations for this season? And, of course, I think the natural answer everyone has is like, oh, Josh Allen, Josh Allen. Um, Yeah, it's Josh Allen. Kyle just went with Kyle Brand just went with Derek Carr. Whoa! What? Let's go. I think I think Brand also predicted Carr to have an MVP season in his first year under Man. John Gordon. So I'm not going to get too carried away, dude. Bad, bad Fire about, me I'm, up, I'm Raider not, Nation. I'm not doing it. I'm not getting in on this. I'm, I'm, I'm pulling back right now. Whoa! I'm not getting in on that. Stop. Stop it. Calm down a little bit. But I mean, they've invested a lot this year. I'm not going to let myself fall into those type of expectations. 1-0. I'm going to I'm gonna adopt the Jalen Hurts mindset on the Raiders. Kyler 1-0. Murray, also in the mix for that conversation. I think that's a good one. I'm sorry. We'll take a break. Oh, you baseball man rolling. Great to see. Wichita State. And then let's wrap this bad boy up with a series against Texas Tech before diving into the always fun Big 12 baseball tournament. Quick break. It's Plank Show right here on The Ref. PGA Championship, Tulsa, Southern Hills. We're joined by Matt Reynolds, who is covering this for the ref. Weather-wise, give me an update, Matt. How are we feeling right now? You good? I am great. It is beautiful out here. Very sunny. Uh, about as good as you can. A slight breeze. I hope it blows a little bit more when they're out here playing and makes them earn it a little bit so they can feel some of what we feel every day on the golf course. But 
pain. It's beautiful. It hey, doesn't get much better. Okay, so we only have like two minutes before the top of the hour, and we'll go more in depth on some field questions. But what are you needing to see from Tiger today in his practice round, Matt, to give you confidence he can compete? I've watched him for three holes now, Plank, and he is coming in on 18 as we speak. The guy just hit a three with 275 to about three feet from the tee box on 17. So um, I, I think he's going to be ready to go this week. I don't know if he can actually win, but I do think we're going to see him play a week in golf again. Little limp, though. I will say a mm. little limp in the last couple of holes. Okay. How's the course looking? I know that that was something that we were curious about, and I don't know how much of a gauge we can get on a Monday, but – the the rough, how's it looking? What's the course look like? Rough is not super high. It's not super high. I was a little disappointed. It's it's not, you know, like not penal. You don't want to hit it in it, but it's only about two to three inches hmm. thick. I think that's a lot of the grass just hasn't grown. We didn't get a bunch of April rain. And so I do think that it has some impact on it. But the course is it looks beautiful. It looks immaculate. Awesome. Matt, uh, we appreciate your updates. We'll be talking to you all week long. Have a blast following Tiger. Will do. Thanks, guys. That's Matt Reynolds. He is anchoring our PGA coverage live from Southern Hills. Brought to you in part by Craig Cox and Elite Roofing Systems, locally owned and operated. Elite Roofing is OKC and Tulsa's affordable roofing company. And OKC, call 405 361 3094. That's 405 361 3094. Or 918 918 why is Perry trying to throw me off with this? 918-984-5475. Reading is not my strength. All right, quick break. Thanks, Matt. When we come back, top five stories today. And speaking of golf, we got a regional update for the Sooners coming up right here on The Ref. been sitting here having a conversation with a muted microphone for about five minutes. Welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref. With Josh Helmer, I'm Chris Plank. Oh, did I say earlier the baseball game was tomorrow night? It's tonight. I apologize. Sorry. Sorry! Oh, you Wichita State tonight. Meanwhile, I um, we got the top five stories of the day coming up here in just a bit. But are you, you seeing the positive vibes that are out right now on CBSSports.com? Are some of you people actually going to have to like Members of the national media. Dennis Dodd. Dodd? Dodds? Dodd? Dodd. Dennis Dodd. Has written an article about Brent Venables with the headline, Loyalty Once Questioned. Brent Venables out to prove patient pays off. In heralded return to Oklahoma. Yeah, that's a really, really good read. Is have, it? Have you thumbed through it? I started, and I got to a Bob Stoops quote, and then my wife texted me. So commercial breaks have been a hodgepodge of getting caught up on reading and responding to everyone's text about graduation on Wednesday night. But you're saying worth it? So good. So basically Cliff Notes version for you. Oh, I like this. I like we need to have a part of the program called Josh's Cliff Notes. Go ahead. In 1998 when Kansas State was the, you know, the best team in the Big 12 and Michael Bishop was incredible and they went to the Big 12 championship game unbeaten. They led by 15 late and played and lost that lead to Texas A&M with about nine minutes left, the 15-point lead, went into double overtime. 
Kansas State loses the game. They don't go to the BCS National Championship. Instead, it was what? Tennessee and Florida State? Mm -hmm. And by the way, um, that was in St. Louis. That was the, in the offensive coordinator for A&M was Steve Cragthorpe. And there's a great story. Well, I mean, it's not a great story. There's a story about when he was getting called and getting death threats, Josh, during that game. But go ahead. Sorry. So Texas A&M upsets Kansas State in that Big 12 championship game. It costs the Wildcats a berth in the BCS National Championship. Then Brent Venables and company follows Bob Stoops to Oklahoma. And the prevailing thought around Manhattan was that, or one of the commentaries was, they weren't bought in to what was going on in the Little Apple. Gotcha. And anyways, that game alone, basically, if you read that story the way Dennis Dodd is describing it, for Brent Venables, that's arguably the worst loss he's ever suffered, according to the way he describes it, in part because of the surrounding narrative that he and other members on the staff weren't totally dialed in, which, of course, couldn't be further from the truth. He was 27. I'm telling you right now, Tennessee, you would have had to take that one off the banner because Kansas State would have won. That was one of the top three most talented teams I've been on. I always tell myself that's the hardest loss I've ever been a part of. I've never been more heartbroken. See? Yeah, so, I mean, he's straight up saying that's the worst one he's been through. Oh, gosh. And that Kansas State team, I mean. Gosh, I don't want to look back on that. Their fans. Was that Michael Bishop? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Th th their fans feel like that's the year that got away, that they should have won it all that season. That's like 2017 OU for some people. Um, And they ended up losing in the Alamo Bowl, too. Oh, my gosh. They were. They were 11-0 and going into that Big 12 championship yep. game against A&M. And led by 15 with nine minutes left. Blew it, lost in double overtime. And, yeah, it didn't win the bowl game either. Did not play OU that season. Just saying. Just saying. Um, <laughs> Though if gosh. they had, they probably would have won by seven. Look, look at this roster. I pulled it up just on a whim. You had... Aaron Lockett at receiver with Terrence Michael Newman, Bishop. Right, was, was on defense? Is Terrence... That right? Um, I don't think Newman was still there. Okay, so he was earlier in the 90s? I think Newman played against Ted, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, he was a little bit after that. Right, right, right. Wait, hold on. Let me. Everything gets it's twisted. Hold on. Newman was after that, right? 98 was pre-Newman. Well, who did they have that was, like, great defensively? Um, They had uh, Darren Howard. They had John McGraw, Jeff Kelly, Ben Lieber. Was an NFL guy. Mark Simino was their stud at linebacker. Yeah. And their kicker? Martin Grammatica. Automatica Grammatica. Automatica I, Grammatica. I think I'm the only one that uses that saying, but everyone just go with it so I don't feel lonely. But yeah, bitter. Talking about um, Bill Snyder compared the hurt of that loss to how he felt upon the deaths of his mother and grandfather as well as the automobile accident that paralyzed his daughter. Yeah, I mean, that's... I mean, that's maybe getting a little bit carried away. But it's the one that hurt the most, sure. The bit, Can I just read this real quick before we get to the top five stories of the day? This is good. The bitter memories came flowing back to Venables last week when the subject turned to the big why. It still bothers him that some fans blamed the crushing defeat on Venables and other K-State staffers. 
The claim was that the coaches were distracted as they had plans to move on after the season and join Bob Stoops at Oklahoma. Quote, I said to myself at that time, I'll never put myself in position where somebody can judge me where my loyalty is. Wow. Yeah, and so then you think about that quote and how his career has turned out, and he's he's basically made it to where, yeah, he, he's only moved a couple of times since, and I'm sure that was a very formative experience for him leaving Kansas State, having lost that game, and the reaction and the way it was felt afterwards, that quote right there, yeah, I was not going to open myself up to folks talking about me and saying I'm not loyal, which, I mean, fires me up a little bit, man. I'm not going to lie. I'm sitting here pretty jacked about that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Eight national championship games, 25-year coaching career. Yeah, read that. I got to I gotta get through it. Fire you up. All right, uh, top five stories of the day. Here in Hour 3 of the Plank Show, let me get my handy-dandy little sponsor book to remind you that Hour 3, as always, is brought to you by Rooftech of Oklahoma. Rooftech of Oklahoma, locally owned and operated for 30 years. Call Josh Tucker at Rooftech for all of your roofing needs, 405-703-4245. You ready? Let's go. Big story number five. Number five. So we just wrapped up the end of last hour with our buddy Matt Reynolds covering Tiger Woods in the PGA Championship for us at Southern Hills. Oh, there is an event that's currently going on. The Norman Regional teed off this morning. And to say Oklahoma is rolling would be a massive understatement. As a team. Make sure let me update this to make sure there's not updated numbers. Okay. As a team, they are 15 under an eight shot lead over Texas, who is in second. Half uh half the Sooners just wrapping up the back nine, the other half rolling on to the or wrapping up the front nine, the other half moving on to the back nine. But the story is in an individual. How about what Drew Goodman is doing? He shot a 30. Six under on the front, and let me see it. Last check. I mean, that's that, that's the kind of round that you dream of. So he shot a 30 par on the front. He just parred hole number 10. He's six under on his front nine. If I ever did that, I would just walk off the course and be like, bye, see ya, later, guys. It's been fun. Told you if I ever get a hole in one, I am quitting. I'm throwing my clubs in a lake, and I'm quitting. This Oklahoma team's so good. So good. So good. And Drew Goodman might be the best of all of them on that roster. So good. So we'll keep eyes on it. They've got uh, two golfers, three golfers on the back nine right now. And Chris Goderup is just wrapping up his front nine. He is three under. Sooner Golf is rolling in the Norman Regional. And we'll have updates as well all week long. Big story number four. Number four. You know me, I've always got to find a way to fit in and squeegee in a little uh, NFL talk in here. But it was a quiet weekend, to be honest with you. The Raiders traded Brian Edwards. Jair Alexander this morning signed a massive contract to stay with the Green Bay Packers. We haven't really talked about Jerry Judy getting arrested. 
I and even that now you feel like I don't want to say they're over it, but eh. I feel like that's kind of moved on a little bit. Though I say that and he'll probably end up getting suspended longer than Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson took his team on a Bahama vacation for what's the best way to put it? Building team chemistry. Insert whatever jokes you want in there. But it was a quiet weekend in the NFL. I guess a lot of people are allowing the schedule to kind of set in. But Antonio Brown is Antonio Brown is tweeting again, so that's always a story. But there is this this morning. Albert Breer, and I was making the joke about Deshaun Watson taking his teammates on a Bahamas vacation. Albert Breer reports that the NFL is wrapping things up in the Deshaun Watson investigation. Here's the update. NFL reporter Justina Anderson also added, league officials are meeting with Watson this week in Texas after a lengthy investigation into more than 20 allegations of sexual assault against the Browns quarterback. NFL investigators usually talk to the player last, indicating that the league is ready to make an announcement on whether Watson will face a suspension. I mean, he's going to face a suspension. There's some question as to whether Watson would serve a suspension this season or next season. Jacoby Brissett would serve as Cleveland's starting quarterback if he has to sit out in 22. What? Why would he be suspended for next season instead of this one? That's got to be a misprint, right? No, I don't think it is, but I'm just trying to think, why would you delay it one year? Well, let's let's let him settle into Cleveland. It it would look really, really bad for the National Football League if there's punishment doled out and it's not immediate. Mm. Not good. Not good. And then I guess here's the other story from this weekend on the NFL. Um. Drew Brees is not coming back to play football. Drew Brees is, I mean, I think one of his first NFL games he ever did was a playoff game. So that's kind of unfair. But he's not hes not Chris Collinsworth. He's not Tony Romo. He's not Kirk Herbstreet. And that's what the networks want. And NBC wasn't going to replace Collinsworth with him. And they quickly found that out the hard way. So they tried to find a spot for him on the desk. He didn't want to go there. And Andrew Marshan reported that he's out after this year. Doesn't surprise me. Doesn't surprise me. Out after also, last season or this upcoming year? Last season. He's That's done. what I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah did I say done. wrong? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But, no, he's out. And Drew Brees sent a tweet out. It's like, oh, I don't uh, – contrary to media reports, blah, blah, blah. And he even added there he might play. Dennis Allen quickly came out. It's like, I think that's said in jest because we all watched the film. We knew what was happening a year off, unless it made his shoulder bionically heal somehow. But I just, I think he's out as an announcer. I don't think he's coming back. Unless, I'm not a soft, I, I could be sold on this. This isn't a hill that I'm ready to die on. So if you want to sell me on it, that he could come back, I'll listen. But I just don't think he is. Probably not in terms of like an in, NBC, CBS. He could become if he wants to, an ESPN. Well, no, I meant analyst. as a player. Oh, no, he's not coming okay. back as a player. If he was going to do that, he would have done it last season. Jair Alexander, four-year, $84 million contract. All right, um, big story number three. 
Number three. It got ugly in Phoenix last night. In fact, so ugly that Luca didn't even have to play the fourth quarter. Holiday stops. A long three. Suzanne at the buzzer. And it will count. And the Dallas Mavericks have defeated the Suns handily 123 to 90. A huge victory for Coach Jason Kidd and this Dallas ball club. Do we have to give more credit to Jason Kidd, Josh? Yeah. I mean, they were down 2-0 in this series, come all the way back, dominate, make it a laugher in Phoenix last night. We've never seen that. That was the largest halftime lead in in NBA history in a game seven. And Luka Doncic and the Mavericks, after looking hapless, lifeless through two games in this series, Kid was sitting up there answering questions about, well, you know, we're not ready to grab our popcorn and this and that yet. And, yeah, he pulled the right strings to get this thing turned around, and now they're headed to a conference finals versus Golden State to where Luka Doncic looks like, at least to this juncture of the playoffs, he's on a Dirk Nowitzki-type run. So, heck, yeah, we've got to give him credit. Are you kidding me? That was, I mean, that was embarrassing. In terms of giving credit, uh, you know, the opposite of that is everybody grab uh, your carton of eggs and let's chuck them at Monty Williams and company. That was one of the worst performances we've seen in a winner go home situation ever in NBA history. I just told them, you know, how bad I, I hurt for them. I know they didn't want to play that way. We, you know, we basically played the worst game of, of the season tonight. That group has a lot of character and integrity, and I know how bad they wanted it. We just could not execute tonight, couldn't make a shot early, and that messed with us a little bit. And Dallas played their tails off from start to finish. He's right. So I kind of liked what uh, Devin Booker said a little bit better, which is it was a flat-out you-know-what whooping. <laughs> oh, we got that audio for later. Also, earlier in the day, we watched the Celtics beat up on the Bucks. So here is your NBA – oh, hold on, where is it? Your NBA final broadcast schedule as we speak. The series will get underway on Tuesday between Boston and Miami. So that means no NBA tonight. Tuesday night, 5.30. Then on Wednesday, game one of the Mavericks-Golden State at 6 o'clock on TNT. Wow. Is that right? Oh, I'm sorry. That's Pacific time. Apologize. Apologize. You sent this to me at Pacific time. 7.30 tomorrow night for Boston and Minnesota. Uh, 8 o'clock tomorrow night for Golden State and Dallas. Wait, what? 8 o'clock on Wednesday for Golden State, Dallas? Okay, hold on. Everyone ignore the first two updates I gave because one, I gave you the wrong time zone, and the other, I think I gave you the wrong teams. Tuesday night, Boston, Miami. Tuesday night, 7.30. Wednesday night, Dallas, Golden State, 7 o'clock. So in Las Ocho. Now, real quick, before we get to a big story number two, I want to – this is odd, but I want to address a couple of text messages. David and Norman writes, because – the salary this year is only $1 million, but $30 million next year. The Browns tried to play the system by structuring his salary in case he got suspended. That is an excellent point. The NFL saw that and thought, okay, we see what you're doing. He's suspended next year. That's right. a really good point. I hadn't thought of that. And um, 
Let's see. Where well, is- if I was the National Football League, just suspend him for both. Right. Watson's contract is a million this year, and he gets fully paid next year. That probably explains the suspension. You guys are all over that. And, uh, and someone had pointed out, and I thought this as well, um, don't they mean the NFL is considering calling last season the suspended list for Watson like a convict not serving additional prison time for time previously served? I often thought that, but he got paid last year. So when you're getting paid, you're not suspended in the NFL for what he's being accused of. So, yeah, I thought that. that was, In fact, I think that was one of my hot takey takes this summer that I thought the NFL this, this past year was that the NFL was going to Treated as time served, and that's why he's not playing, and that's why he's not out there, but they won't. So I, I, I get what you're saying. Good stuff on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. All right, big story number two. Number two. The softball bracket is out. The softball bracket is out. Let's go. Josh, um, we're going to go a little bit more in depth. We'll hear what the seven innings crew said about OU's draw is pretty good, and you'll hear from Patty Gasso. But – I kind of dug OU's draw for both the regional and the super regional. Seems like Texas A&M ends up here every single year. They're going to give them a tough game, or Minnesota will. But And by the way, Minnesota's tie is like to Oklahoma State. Did you know that? Their tie is to Oklahoma State. They were up big on Oklahoma State, like 10-2 to 2 or something. And OSU rallied and tied the game, then they ran out of time. But yeah, um, I like the draw. I like the field that Oklahoma has in the regional. How about you? You like it? I love it. I want some more of it. Yeah, no, I I mean, look, a regional is always going to have somebody challenging like uh, a Texas A&M in there. So it's, it's a you know, about what you would ask for. And I, I agree. You know, UCF as a 16 I think is good. I think it's good. So is Michigan uh, if they get out too. But we got much more tomorrow if you are just jumping into the sport of softball. We're going to have a full preview with – Eric Lopez at 11 a.m. tomorrow morning. Won't you join us? Which gets us, again, I mean, big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. On this show today, it's been the reaction to the Big 12 championship game in Oklahoma going forward. Also, big story number one, Oklahoma women's tennis has moved on to the Elite Eight. Also in big story number one, OU baseball wins two of three. And by God, they can win a Big 12 championship this weekend. We'll tell you how. And exactly what they need to do. Plus, Patty Gasso, coming up next right here on The Ref. Did you, did you watch the selection show when OU popped up last night? No. I have this. Uh, uh, Toby showed me this thing you can do on your DVR where, like, you can tape everything that has Oklahoma in it. Really? And, yeah. So I had I had it set up for softball. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. Uh, I really fill up the DVR, though, because I, I think I've got to filter some things out because literally there's, there's 8,000 softball games on my DVR right now. Thankfully, though, because – I don't know why I had it set for like 6 o'clock instead of 6 Eastern. Uh, I missed it. But I went back thanks to the magical uh, performance of digital recording. And and I heard the announcement and listened to kind of what they said. Um, I don't think there was as much concern over 
the status of Jordy Ball as I anticipated. So that made me feel a little bit better about things. Not from Jordy's status, but just how Oklahoma's viewed. And I really, truly thought, I know we talked about this in the open, uh, Josh, but I really, truly thought they might be made to pay a little bit more. Right? Because, again, it's, it's an uncertain situation, and Coach isn't able to and couldn't really give a clarification on when she's pitching again and when you're going to see her again. And I thought that they might, I thought they might try to kind of ding Oklahoma a little bit. But I was happy to see they did. Especially after losing. Oh, yeah, especially after losing. I mean, then, you, then you've got the committee would have had an easy argument to make, right? Right. Oh, Not yeah. the same team. Yep. Um, so, let's see here. Where was this audio? Here's a little bit on Oklahoma from the – hold on, let's hold on a second. I didn't do that right. Uh, this was from Patty Gass. I think we played some of this earlier. Boomer, sooner. <laughs> let's go. Um, talking about the number one team in the nation, Oklahoma. Now, they just lost their – By the way, this is just kind of their perspective on Oklahoma. So, I play it, get your opinion on it, and then we'll hear Patty. Only their second game of the season to Oklahoma State in that Big 12 championship game. Any concern, Michelle? No concern whatsoever. This is a team that knows how to win. They have a championship mindset, and Patty Gasso is very firm with that. And she knows that she wants this team to be very well challenged. And how do you get challenged? How do you step up? Sometimes it's a setback for a setup. And Jocelyn Allo has just been an all-star all year long. 113 career home runs, 25 on the year. She swings for average as well. She is just so fun to watch. And then in the circle, you have Jordy Ball. What is her condition? Will she be able to play? We obviously hope so because she has a lot of energy in the circle. I love to watch her pitch, the excitement. She is just a baller from start to finish. But this is a really good staff. And, you know, if, if for some reason Jordy Ball is not able to pitch, I've always said this about Oklahoma, I feel like their fourth best pitcher is their offense because they can put so many <laughs> runs up on the board, just pull them all out of the bullpen and – let them bop the ball out of the yard, and, and sometimes your offense can be your best defense. Yeah, and it was I think it was important, too, for Patty Gasso to get some of her other pitchers, those important yeah. innings in the Big 12 tournament. Hope Troutwine was fantastic, a season-high 14 strikeouts for her in that first one. So should be interesting for Oklahoma. So there's Michelle Smith. There. It needs to be their fourth pitcher Yeah, or third. Got to crank it up, though. Yeah, Hope Troutwine did look really good on, on Friday. But, and again, I love, that's my boy, Jamie Pinkerton, but, I mean, that's Iowa State. You're going to see a much different different level of hitters whenever we're seeing a postseason team like Minnesota or even Texas A&M. Got to have a setback sometimes to have a setup. Uh, a minor comeback for, wait, hold on. A minor setback for a major comeback. Did I do it right? <laughs> you did, What yes. other things can we say? I'd rather not have lost to Texas and Oklahoma State, though. But right? If you're going to lose two, like, I... Maybe could take a Tennessee loss. Probably could have taken a Utah one, but whatever. Really, you know. <laughs> Oklahoma and Prairie View A and M. Now there have been a couple of questions on the Air Comfort Solutions text line about time of games. Well, guess what? I'm your guy because as it stands right now, why, why do I always do this every single time I go to the uh, OU website? I click on the ticket page instead of the actual schedule page. As it stands right now. We're in primetime on Friday night, which is good. This isn't a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. First pitch will be at 6.30 p.m. 6.30 p.m. Now, again, fluid because Minnesota and A&M will be playing before that, so it could be fluid as far as start times or anything of that nature. But 6.30 on Thursday, or Friday night, Friday night, 6.30. 
we don't yet know what time their start might be on Saturday. But I'm going to assume if they're playing a night game on Friday night, I don't think they'll make them turn around and play a, a day game on Saturday. But who knows? I would assume around – if it's 1 o'clock, okay, whatever. But I'm going to assume um, – I'm going to assume like 3 or 4 on Saturday. I, I could be wrong. But as it stands right now, it's up in the air. And you got a couple. You got a game that's going to have to be played before them. You got an elimination game that's got to be played before them. The two losers of the Friday game. So there you go. That's what it looks like softball wise, and that's the perspective on them from Michelle Smith and a couple of other ESPN experts. The rest of the bracket, we're going to get into it tomorrow. Eric Lopez is going to join us. College softball, fastpitchnews.com, in the Circle Podcast, kind of get his perspective on the field because. I, I know this sounds crazy, but I think they did a pretty good job with seating everyone. Utah deserved to be in. I thought Utah should have been in. But then again, I'm a homer for DJ Gasso. I'm a homer for Paige Parker. I thought they did more than Arizona did. But Arizona's got that brand. But I don't think we really have a – I mean, we're not – I've come in this show last five or six years on fire after uh, the tournament was released, after the field of 64. But I don't, I don't seem to have a problem with it. I also don't have a problem with the way the OU baseball team is playing. And when we come back, we'll talk more about their performance over the weekend. More of your air comfort solutions. Text to get to 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. Also on Twitter, at Plank Show, at Josh on Ref. Kyle and Brokenbow writes, instead of sugarcoating it, just call it like it was. The lost OSU, total bummer. Agreed. I think it sucks, Kyle. Total bummer. If Texas somehow makes it out of Washington, they would arguably face Arkansas or Oregon. I'm sure Mike White loves that. That's from the 614. <laughs> yeah, remember Mike White, Texas head coach, faced Oregon last year in the regionals. Mm-hmm. They sent Oregon halfway across the country. Don't worry, Texas though. We Austin. don't have to worry about any of that. Texas ain't <laughs> isn't getting out of that. Yeah, regional. I don't think they're going to have anything for Gabby playing, but we'll see. All right, more of your comfort solutions text rolling in. 405-651-3439. It's the Plank Show. How does this always happen in this segment? In a way off the clock. I blame my passion for softball. We're not that far away. Nah, we're okay. How was your weekend, by the way? Did we get into that when you got in? (laughs) Yeah, well... Thank you. It was good. It was good. It was good. Your boy just got fired in uh, Vegas. Golden Knights have fired their coach. I had no idea who he was. Does that make me a bad fan? Peter DeBoer? Yeah, uh, ex-San Jose Sharks. Ah, I was just going to say that. Skipper. I'm so bad on who's coaching what team. They mentioned someone tweeted about the Phoenix Suns' former head coach, whom when the Suns hired him, everyone thought they were going to draft Luka. And now he's an assistant on the Dallas Mavericks. And I literally was sitting there for a moment and I had to Google up because I had no idea who this guy was. I, and he was there for like two seasons. Igor Kokoskov. Does it ring a bell for you? Oh, yeah. Igor. Yeah. No clue. I'm literally... And, and the guy that tweeted it, I thought it was a really, really wild point because he was 
he was hired to basically, you know, have that influence if they were going to go with Luca. And it does kind of give you some appreciation for where the Suns were because in his one season as head coach, he did go 19 and 63. And essentially this year they had like that flopped schedule or record. Yeah, 164 games. Dude, what a run of mediocrity after Mike D'Antoni of the Phoenix Suns at head coach. If I told you four, five, six, seven, eight, they've had eight coaches since Mike D'Antoni's run whenever he was named the coach of the year and they went to the finals. I probably could have named two of them. I could put, are you ready? D'Antoni's final year was 08. Terry Porter for a season. Alvin Gentry had a decent run. Yeah, he he did okay. He made it to the playoffs with them. Then his they went to the Western Conference Finals and played the Lakers, did they not? With Alvin Gentry coaching them? May have. May have. I'm pretty sure they did. Um so Gentry from 09 to 13, then Lindsey Hunter was an interim coach. They hired Jeff Hornacek for 3 seasons. And if I'm not mis- mistaken, I I think that's Oh, yeah, he was the Knicks head coach for a couple of years, too. Yeah, he spent five years as a head coach, and now he's out. Earl Watson came in in the 16-17 season. Remember, he was supposed to be this incredible coach, and he was out. He was out, missed the playoffs two of his three years. Then Jay Triano had a season. No idea. Who? Jay Triano, currently an assistant coach with the Charlotte Hornets. And Igor Kokazov. Koskoskov, before Monty Williams took over in 19. Wow. Who knew? But, yeah, the Suns were terrible last night. Well, yeah, they they stunk all of those seasons, so there was no real reason to pay attention. That's a good point. Hey, a couple of other real quick Air Comfort Solutions texts to get caught up on this hour. Um, this good question from the 405. How does the Texas softball coach not get suspended for the middle finger? A person put in place as a leader and role model of young ladies. I'm not sure that he won't. Now, again, you you couldn't really suspend him in the Big 12 tournament because, well, they lost. Now, if they had won and played OU in the championship game, then maybe you would have had a different conversation. But, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I I don't think you're going to see it in the postseason. Now, you might see this – this sounds like one of those Friday news dumps where suddenly we're sitting here on like a June afternoon and it's like the Big 12 has suspended Mike – White, one game, 2023. I can see something like that. Which would be, you know, a total waste and a crock. He apologized. And, yeah, it's really dumb. I mean, if, if you're at a ball field and you only have to worry about, like, parents seeing you, but, Mike, sports growing a little bit. <laughs> they got TV cameras on you everywhere. I don't really care about the suspension. Find I don't think him. he should be suspended. Yeah, find him. Hit him in the pocketbook. Don't don't give him a day off work. Uh, riding Randy writes, what, me worry? Not when hope starts and nerves of steel may comes in for a relief. We still have the best lineup and the best defense, no worries. I made this analogy earlier. You know, literally watching a couple of the mistakes that were made were like t- turning down the wrong street when you're on your way to work, right? Like, wait, I do this every day. They're just things that don't make a lot of sense. And it's softball and it's sports and it happens. But, I mean, I'm, I'm here to tell you from someone who – watches them warm up and practice at every opportunity I'm allowed, they work on that play incessantly. Charge thrown across your body. 
Charge thrown across your body. First baseman stretching out. Charge thrown across. They're always working on that at third. So it's just it's shocking when you see. And rundowns. I mean, no one's been better than putting teams in those types of situations than Oklahoma as, as an offense. And Oklahoma State was able to do it. And Oklahoma put the ball in the pitcher's hands in a rundown. Never a good call. Yeah. I, I don't know. That, that was unusual that Oklahoma got deked in that fashion. Obviously, Oklahoma State was trying to get that run home from third base. Hmm. By the way, uh, OU Believer brings up a really good point because I brought up how I thought – that's a really good point. I don't know why I wasn't thinking of that the right way. That's two things today where you guys have my back. OU will probably be earlier on Saturday this weekend because, as OU Believer writes, normally the first game on Saturday is the two winners playing from Friday, then the two losers play, then that third game Saturday is the elimination game between the teams that – the team that lost the earlier game mm-hmm. and the team that won the second game. On right, Saturday. won the first Thank loser's you. bracket game. Appreciate it. You want to get – you just want to go boom, boom and get into your finals. You, you don't want to repeat a 2017. Don't make this path more exotic than it needs to be. Take care of Prairie View A&M. Um, beat up on either Minnesota or Texas A&M. And then break then Eric Lopez's again. heart. And then break Elo's heart and go down and beat UCF. He's a play-by-play voice of UCF. Um, That'll be cool – if, if they can get out of their regional, him coming to town. Um, Kendall Ritz, no one is talking about the fact that, oh, you didn't take OSU seriously. Oh, I, they absolutely did. That's why. I, if that's out there, I, I hope I can do a good job of minimizing that. Now, you can question what motivation and things of that nature because you are talking about uh, a, a tournament as opposed to a regular season. And I'm not even kidding whenever I didn't realize that I had family members that had no idea there were two separate Big 12 titles, so I spent a long time explaining that last night. Wait, didn't you guys already win the Big 12? Yes. So OSU just won the Big 12. Correct. How is that? Because they have a tournament after the postseason, or after the regular season. Why? Oklahoma's already won the Big 12. I'm like, I know. Um, this is how teams get automatic bids to the <laughs> tournament. <laughs> yes. But why is that? Didn't they already win the Big 12? Yeah. Listen, we're going in a circle here. There so are multiple gonna, Big 12 championships to be won. I'm tapping out on this conversation. Yeah. But it, it Again, credit OSU. Yeah, absolutely. They got the job done. Kenny Gajewski, his team. My man Vinny was checking. Great. Vinny was checking on Twitter. He's like, hey, give the Cowgirls some love. You're right. They deserve it. Yeah. No, they do. They and, put Oklahoma in those situations. And to suggest that, which, you know, I did a little bit earlier, I just wonder how razor, razor sharp – ready to go Oklahoma was coming into this thing because I don't think that they took Oklahoma State lightly by any stretch of the imagination. You just wonder if – And I think he was being sarcastic, but I'm going to tell you right now, um, I've seen it. I've had had someone ask me about it this morning. I'm like, no, no, what? But I've seen it out there. Oklahoma wanted to win. Yes. Oklahoma wanted to win, but, you know – did they have that type of playing in playing with elimination mindset, you know? Or were they kind of looking ahead because they knew they were going to be the number one overall seed? <laughs> yeah, it's a good question. I um I got this on Prairie View A and M off the air comfort solutions text line four oh five six five one three four three nine. No, Kindle Patty's not on the hot seat, stop it. Um but the question was asked about Prairie View A and M. Did I see the stat where Prairie View lost their first 19 games? Why, yes. Yes, you did. 
The Prairie View A&M softball team did not get its first win of the season until March 14th. So they, they were on the road playing a bunch of good teams, or what was going on? No, no. They just stink? No. They've lost to teams like Brown, Houston Baptist. Now, they did play Baylor and Tarleton State tight, losing 11-8 to Tarleton State and 3-2 to to Baylor. But Alabama State, Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, uh, Christi, Incarnate Word, Green Bay, Cleveland State, all teams that handed the SWAC champion an L. My official prediction is a run rule on Friday. <laughs> I think you might be in good company in that prediction. All right, quick break. We're back to wrap it up next. You can see the sea. I got some ocean front property. It's been one week since you looked at me. Cocked your head to the side and said I'm angry. Five days since you laughed at me. Saying get back together, come back and see me. Three days since the living room. I realized it's all my fault but couldn't tell you. Yesterday you'd forgiven me. But it'll still be two days till I say I'm sorry. Okay. Um, Does it make you stop I think we're going to have some NCAA stuff tomorrow. Gene Smith's made some comments that are opened up a few eyes about the future of the NCAA. I feel like we're on the cusp of one of those kind of major breakthrough announcements I've got someone who had uh, brought up to me how busy they were working on something this weekend it's like huh interesting because I would think maybe there's a little bit of time where you could chill but maybe not and maybe we're on the cusp of understanding what this new NCAA might look like I'm not trying to predict anything here Josh just say head on a swivel head on a swivel this week good yeah well I don't think there's a lot of time to be patient with that. Powers that be in college sports need to know. I'm talking mostly administrators here beyond Correct. the NCAA. They got to know what this thing's going to look like because, right. look, we need to get this under control to where it's not just totally pay for play. Not that we kind of haven't had that in years past, but the idea was that, okay, you could get like the death penalty if you paid for players and got busted doing it. So is the NCAA going to be involved in that? What does it look like? What's their future? Everybody needs to get an understanding quickly. What does the future look like? So that's good news. I also think, I think this is going to be a fun week to see a couple of things. The, the buzz around the PGA championship in Southern Hills, how that builds, if if Tiger can do something, how suddenly Tulsa becomes the epicenter of the world, uh, sports world. How the in, how does the NBA recover from not the greatest conference finals? And listen, Boston is a marquee team, and Golden State has been ratings gold for the NBA. So do we see a, a, a conference finals week, Josh, where it's very high on our sports depth chart, and it's talked about, nah, maybe. And then, of course, it's really cool to start seeing the coverage ESPN, and they always do a great job with college softball, but it seems as if they've ratcheted up their college baseball a little bit more. You know, I'm, I'm watching this weekend, and I, like, what, I feel like the whole Illinois-Nebraska series was on. The, I mean, listen, you had some crazy neck grab a raccoon out of the stands in the Arkansas Vanderbilt game, but even in that deeper, Arkansas got 
beat in a two out of three in a series against not a very good Vandy team this year. Suddenly the SEC is wide open. Even though I think Arkansas is still on top in the SEC West. But point is, I think Diamond Sports has a chance here this week to make a little noise. College softball with its postseason and college baseball with some intriguing final weekend games. I'm pumped. The week ahead of us is big time. Plus, I can spend all day on Thursday in Tulsa almost. Good times. Everyone have a great rest of your Monday. Steelman and Thune are going to talk about General Booty coming up next. In fact, I don't even know if we brought him up. Did we talk about General Booty? No, we did not. But, uh, yeah, there's a seventh quarterback. We left it for the Steelman and Thune who are coming up next right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Have a great Monday, everybody.